Hi, everybody. It's Jonah Pallone, and welcome to Owner Operated, conversations with small business millionaires. Listen, when I was growing up, most people just told me to follow the normal path and get a job at a big company with quote-unquote job security. Eventually, I woke up, and I pursued business going to UNC Keenan Flagler for undergrad. It was a great experience, but almost everything I was taught in the business school centered around big business and startups. During college, I was fortunate enough to land a position where I get to be around small business owners every day. I get an inside look at how they make tough decisions. With owner-operated, I want to let you in behind the curtain. Listen, my entire life I've heard people give business owners a bad rap. Since I've gotten involved in helping business owners sell their companies at Midstreet, I've learned that most often the opposite is true. Small business owners are often the most giving and supportive people I surround myself with. I'm on a mission to get the word out that small business ownership is a good thing. But don't get it twisted. I'm going to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. A lot of emotions, a lot of hard work, and just what makes these businesses so special, the people behind them. Join me on my journey into the world of small business ownership. And if you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating on iTunes and subscribe to the show on whatever platform you like. And we're live. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Super glad you're here with us. It's just me today. We're going to talk about a couple of the things I've been learning on this journey. Work has been crazy busy lately. We just closed a deal late last week. Scott Stone, a landscape supplier. They were purchased by Heritage Landscape Supply, and, and the deal was just awesome. There was a lot of twists and turns throughout it. Um, credit to Jeff Baxter Jr. And, uh, and Sr., as well as Eric Sullivan for getting that deal closed. They did an awesome job. It was really cool to see um, it in completion, and I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. You guys, um, we have a, a video scheduled, I believe, so we should be able to get that success story out. It's a really cool company. Three locations throughout the triad and the triangle, um, so that's cool. Just kind of on the on the business mid street side of things, but. In terms of personal stuff and, and the podcast, I'm, I'm really happy with with how how big it's gotten so far. I mean, you know, we're not crazy crazy massive yet, but the small audience we do have, I really appreciate all you guys for listening. Um, I'm really trying to create a, a community of small business folks who are interested in learning more about owning companies and operating businesses, and you know, potentially buying or selling companies long term. Just all of that stuff. I'm I'm super passionate about it. Talked about it on the show before, but you know, I went to college and I, I really loved my time at Carolina. It was it was really fulfilling. I met a lot of great people. The business school was awesome, you know, but, but as I've said sort of in the intro and, and I don't want to echo myself too much, but I just didn't learn enough as much as I should have, I think about small business ownership. And, you know, maybe, maybe there's, there's another way to look at it, which is, you know, I'm learning so much now that, that, you know, back then maybe I was learning other things that were important, like leadership skills, communication, presenting, um, you know, digging into financials, et cetera. I definitely took a lot from Carolina, but man, I tell you, there's been a ton of stuff that I've seen on this side of uh, on this side of the fence. And, uh, you know, the goal of this podcast is to share some of that with you and just to enlighten you guys on, on what I'm seeing. Maybe you already know some of this stuff. Maybe you don't. You know, maybe you're you're just starting out and you're thinking about what career you're going to choose, or, or maybe you're a seasoned business owner and you're, you're looking forward to learning from other business owners and how they've decided to run their companies. Um, one thing I've noticed is there's not a right way to do things. And that's been kind of a new development for me lately. It's just, you know, there's not a right way. You know, there's right ways for maybe some people, certain people have good ways for them, but there's not a universal, here's how you should run your business format. And that's been pretty interesting. Um, I'm now at over, I guess, man, wow, it's been over a year since I graduated Carolina. And I, I tell you, I've just been seeing so many different types of businesses. It's been a crazy good learning experience. Um, by now, I've probably seen over 100 companies. I've talked to hundreds of business owners at this point. 
and that's the whole genesis and reason for this podcast is I want to bring you guys in and, and under, you know, help you guys understand this is what I'm looking at. And, you know, when I started this podcast, one of the big reasons was because I just see this wide open lane and I, I see so many of these people going into corporate America or going to try to, to start their own company at a really young age. And, you know, I respect all of it, right? It's fine. You, you, you can choose to do whatever you'd like to do. And there are successful people in all those different avenues. I just think that small business is criminally underappreciated by people who are really talented. And, you know, if you're friends with me, you'll, you'll know that I try to sell you on getting into small business. Um, but, but, you know, it's for the right reasons, right? I think that small business is really the backbone of our, our society in America here. And I think it, it really is what makes this country great. It brings us all together. You know, you got a small business, um, you know, small family business. They do things differently than corporate companies. And you probably experienced this if you've been around. I mean, you, you have experienced this. I know you have if you're listening. Um, you know, the, the way they treat their employees or, you know, be it the, the, the way they, you know, make decisions that aren't necessarily just financially based. You know, they don't have to report to shareholders. Um, they got to report to their employees. You know, they, they've got to be a face and a name in the community. And, and often that results in really, really good outcomes. So there's all these kinds of things like that that I'm, I've just been learning and I want to share with you guys um, on this journey. So thank you so much for, for listening to the show. Thank you for listening and giving reviews and, and giving me your feedback. If you guys have any questions or, or feedback on the show, I'm more than happy to, to, you know, send me a DM on LinkedIn, Twitter. You can send me an email. Um, but we can get in touch. You know, that's that's really the whole purpose of this for me is is I want to meet all you guys and, and get out there and start this community. So Midstreet, let's talk about Midstreet for a little bit and just, you know, why did I choose business brokerage? I came out of Carolina um, and at a weird time, you know, coronavirus was, was happening. It was um, May of 2020. And, you know, that, that was very strange. But, but why did I choose to go into, quote unquote, business brokerage or M&A advisory, right? It's, it's for, sort of a similar field as investment banking. Well, you know, a lot of students at, uh, let's call it Keenan Flagler for now, um, the business school, went to these corporate jobs with really good benefits, um, good, you know, decent job security, titles, et cetera. And I, I can't tell you how many people, <laughs> when I was telling them as I went up in college, you know, I interned with Midstreet um, every summer of my college experience. And I can't tell you how many people told me, you know, when I, t- when I told them what I was doing for work, I said, yeah, you know, I'm working at Midstreet. It's a small business. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Is that, is that kind of a stepping stone? company or, you know, you work towards your next thing. It's just, it, it's criminally underappreciated. And I can't tell you how many times it happened. And, you know, no, no problem to whoever said that to me, but I just want to let you guys know, like, I don't think people understand how successful some of these small business folks are. I mean, it, it is crazy. I, I met one one guy uh, a couple nights ago at jujitsu class, actually, and his dad owns a, a plumbing business, and um, they're doing very well for themselves. And it's just it's funny because you wouldn't think that based on how kind of society, I don't want to say treats them, but but looks at them, right? In sort of media, the way the media looks at plumbers or you know trades or etc. Um, you know, there's this funny LinkedIn post I commented on recently about this exact topic. And it was, you know, basically just talking about how, how blue collar businesses are criminally underappreciated. And, and the prompt was the, the listener of this show right now, the person listening, how many times when you were growing up in school, I mean, I'm sure you saw folks who decided to go the trades route, right? They maybe tried to become a plumber or they went down the route of uh, learning how to uh, be in construction, right? Some sort of a career that didn't require a college degree. Be honest with yourself. Did you look positively upon that person? Oftentimes the answer was you didn't. (laughs) And I'm guilty of this too. When I was growing up in school, I 
I'll be honest, I look down upon those people. And I, you know, regret sort of looking back on it. I feel bad about that because I realize as I get older that, you know, people are just people, man. They, they just make different decisions and, and it is what it is for them. Maybe it's better for them. You don't know. You don't have the same goals and background and interests as they do. And that's on that's on one side of the token. The other side of the token is oftentimes some of those plumbers are making more than the doctors that graduate college with, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. So it's just funny how it works out. Uh, but I'm learning a lot about it, and I want to share that with you guys because I feel like, I, in a lot of ways, I have a duty to do so. Because you know, I look upon tradesmen and people in these industries very, very positively now. I'm very, very appreciative of it, and I really just respect what they do because the bottom line is they're necessary. So, purpose of this podcast episode, I want to talk to you guys about some of the things that I've been learning from the podcast conversations I've been having, but also just from my day job at Midstreet, being able to see behind the curtain at a lot of small businesses. Just some of the key things I want to talk to and, and, and give you guys some context on. And if you guys have any, you know, feedback you'd like to give, please, please, please give me a comment, you know, shoot me a DM or something. Let's talk about it. I'm happy to talk about these different topics. All right. So the first topic here is, is partnership. And this is just something I've noticed just from going through and, and talking with a bunch of owners. It's just a common theme that keeps coming. And I, I realized that in my life, I'm definitely going to have to utilize this in the future. In business ownership, you have this misconception, at least I did, of business owners as being sort of these, you know, high and mighty folks who, who are really, really, successful. They don't have time for anybody. And um, they're kind of just on their paths. And, and it just is what it is. They, 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 they got there by themselves and they somehow managed to crack the code. You realize that oftentimes these owners are supported by some really, really quality folks. Um, and, and oftentimes they're partners in the business with, with several other folks, um, whether that be their wife or um, actual, you know, other, other business partners. And so it's just this concept that People are skilled in different things usually. There, there are exceptions to this rule. Okay, I'm just going to lay that out there. But in general, people are kind of, they silo themselves into what they're passionate about, right? And that, that only makes sense, right? You have creative folks, you have more analytical folks. And basically, the, the, the thing that I've found is really successful owners know exactly what their skill set is. They know what they're good at, whether it's good at the numbers, whether they're good at talking with folks, communicating ideas, etc., presenting, selling, um, organizing the business, managing, all, there's so many things you can be good at, right? They know their strengths, and they part with folks and they surround themselves with people who can work on and, and do and specialize in the things that they're not the best at. And so, you know, countless examples of this on the podcast, you know, just, just one small example would be like Ed Nicholson, right? Owner of Capital City Lumber um, over in Raleigh next to the fairgrounds. His sister does the accounting for the business. And, and he told me that was a game changer for him because that freed him up to do more, you know, selling and, and working in the business sort of, sort of activities, working on the business as well. Um, Tons of examples of this. I mean, Josh Swindell, the uh, the owner, you know, co-owner of Envision Homes. He's co-owner for a reason, right? And, and I, I asked sort of this question to him and I posed this question. I said, you know, Do Josh, why, you know, why'd you guys decide to go into partnership together? And and for them, it just made perfect sense. I mean, they have, you know, his other partners just, just kind of um, – are very complimentary to his skill sets. He works at the tail end and the beginning of the deal. Um, his other partners work at various stages of the deal, but, but they just all complement each other very well in terms of what they're skilled at and also you know, the people they know. There's so many factors involved with this. At Midstreet, we've adopted the same approach. Um, Jeff Jr. over here is extremely financially capable. I'm more on the people side. Eric's more on the people side and the selling side, and, and, and his, his ability to communicate ideas is very, very high. Jeff 
amazing leader, um, very, very good at communicating and selling and, and just communicating ideas. And, you know, I'm also a very organized person. We all have different skill sets, right? And it's it's not the same for each person. Uh, we have sort of a base level of, of everything, but we have different skills. And that's really, I think, going to be a, a ticket to our success long term. It's at least what I'm hoping. <laughs> In long term, when I, you know, I used to think, when I go into business, I'm going to go into business for myself. I'm going to own my own company. I'm on 100% of it. And I'm not going to partner with anybody because why share anything, right? I don't want to have to share and, and whatever. Now, aside from looking at that in a really scarce way, aside from that side of it, it's also just not a very practical way of thinking, in my opinion. You know, I have all these folks around me who I know are skilled in in, in other things, and, and having a CFO, a uh, a person focused on HR, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for whatever endeavors I, I get involved in in the in the future, whether it be you know owning small businesses and real estate, whatever, it's stupid valuable. And you know, I can't do it. Number one, I can't do everything, and this is something a lot of owners realize. Um, and number two. I'm specialized and I like certain other things. Like I like meeting people. I really enjoy talking with folks and communicating ideas and stuff like that. Financials are fine. I'm, I'm interested in them. I, I want to understand them, but you know, I, every single day working on them hundred percent, that would kill me. <laughs> so this is just kind of one, one takeaway I've been noticing. Another thing is just understanding business in general. And, and this sounds like a really broad topic, but what I mean by this is a lot of folks, let's just take the plumbing plumbing trade for an example, right? A uh, plumber starts in his career, he's in his you know late 20s, let's say, and he's, he's learning how to be a plumber really well and has really perfected his craft and he understands you know plumbing at a, a very high level. Let's say he's in his mid-30s now and he's, he's a master plumber, right? He starts his own plumbing company, maybe he starts it earlier and, and does well for himself. Uh, and we've seen this in a ton of different industries. Inevitably, there will come a point where he says, okay, well, now I want to basically turn this into a business, you know, whether he knows that or not. And so he starts hiring other plumbers and training them and starts hiring maybe someone to answer the phones so that he can help, you know, that person can help him out with his workload and and free him up to do more plumbing work. Every additional thing like that turns him, turns the knob of his kind of day-to-day more into the role of a business owner than a plumber every single time he, he, he makes a move toward that direction. And so understanding that and understanding that you're turning into a business owner is critical as a, as a, as sort of a tradesperson or, you know, someone working and delivering a service. Um, and we see this with our most successful owners. They know exactly that, th- that their role is business owner. I, you know, I manage the business. That's my number one priority. Getting jobs done is secondary. And, and whenever that happens, I just see it time and time again. I've been seeing it. They're just so much more successful than the other guy who, who doesn't do that. Um, and like I kind of alluded to earlier in the beginning of the show, if you want to be someone who just, who makes, you know, hundred thousand dollars, and is a plumber and, and does well for himself, but doesn't really want the headaches associated with the small business. I don't blame you, quite frankly. Um, I'm not to, I'm not bashing on that at all. But if you want to get to the next level and you're frustrated that you can't, that's just something to consider. And it's something I've been seeing. Um, it's something that um, Ed Nicholson over at Capital City Lumber talks about all the time. Just understanding and keeping your finger on the pulse of the business to, to be successful. All right, next point is the ability to be a self-starter. So what do I mean by this? Um, if you listen to the episode I had with Josh Swindell, a co-owner of Envision Homes, um, he talks about this at length. He was a previously a, a, a BIC at a uh, real estate company, and you know, he did very well for himself. But 
a lot of people take that for granted when when I say that. It's very, very difficult to go out and get business, uh, make phone calls, send letters, uh, prospecting, etc. When you don't have a name in the community and you need to create that for yourself, it's one of the hardest things to do. How do you do it? And and also, just in general in business, if you're selling um, bait and tackle supplies or if you're selling, um, I don't know, if you're at a restaurant and you're, you want to make your restaurant more popular, the ability to be a self-starter and attract attention is so underrated. It, it is so difficult to do. It's the hardest, in my opinion, it's the hardest thing to do. You know, being stuck in obscurity is, you know, in my opinion, one of the worst pitfalls you can be in. Um, because if people don't know about you, they're not going to do business with you. And that's the bottom line. Um, and so just the ability to be a self-starter and have routines throughout your day, maybe you work, you know, work out at a certain time or you wake up at a certain time, you have, maybe you have, um, images on your wall that, that excite you like a vision board or something like that. Or maybe you have inspirational quotes that you like to look at, uh, whatever that is for you. Uh, for me, part of it is jujitsu, right? It's like, it's going in there. You know, embracing the community, getting the job done, learning something every learning something every single day in general, progressing forward every day is very inspiring to me. It keeps me going. Um, and so, obviously, I don't know all of this. I'm not a business owner. I'm not a super successful person, but I'm. I'd like to think that I'm slowly on that path, and I want to share that with you and, and just kind of explain what I'm what I'm thinking. Um, so that's what I think about in terms of self starter, and I think it's criminally underrated. No matter what career you're in, even if you work in a very comfortable tech job, let's say, um, you need to be able to be a self-starter. Maybe not as much as the person who owns their own business and has to go get business every day, but if you want to advance in your career, you need to do things above and beyond what's expected of you. So another point is just this concept of life setup. And this is something that I, I definitely took for granted when I was starting out. And I'm I obviously still working my way through it now, but I've seen owners who have set up their life very well and put procedures in place to where, you know, they've really mitigated a lot of their risk as well as just set it, set things up right to where they don't have to deal with a lot of the day-to-day problems in their business. Um, a lot of the, th- you know, I hear this discussion all the time. Well, you know, I understand that you guys want to grow, you know, that you want to be successful and you want to grow your business, but I don't want to manage people. I don't, all these headaches that come with getting larger. Number one, that's a fair argument. And you can, you know, you might not, it might not be the right choice for you. Number two, my argument is you can set it up better. You don't have to be going a million, billion, trillion miles an hour every single day. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't take hard work. It does. You're going to have to really, you know, work hard to to get the things you want, it seems. But you can set your life up better. Um, and, and one of the current listings we have right now, it's a landscape company that's owner absentee. And the owner has just done a really, really good job of setting his life up to where he doesn't have to worry about a lot of the day-to-day in the company. And it's one of the few cases of that that I've seen, but it's so, so crucial. Um, you know, it's not necessarily a lifestyle business. A lifestyle business, if you're, if you're not sure of kind of that term, if you haven't heard that before, lifestyle business just means that it's kind of a... It's a business that you can stay in day to day. It's a very comfortable business, like a, like a, a vineyard is an example. Uh, West Bend Vineyards, um, we sold uh, a number of years back. It's just beautiful scenery, um, you know, hanging out. Um, obviously, working hard on the business as well, but it's just a, it's more of a lifestyle company than you know, say a machine shop where you're in and you, and it's it's. Um, 
sort of unsexy labor, right? You can set your business up really, really well, and you can set your business up really, really poorly. <laughs> and and this owner has done a really good job of setting it up well and pulling himself out. Um, now, you, you might ask, okay, well, it's a, one of your listings. Why is he want to sell? <laughs> he wants to sell because he wants to move down to Florida. So that's a whole separate topic we could talk about. But just that's that's kind of what I want to harp on is if you guys are thinking about being successful and, and advancing your career and, and being involved in small business long term, you can do so many different things. There's so many different deals out there. There's so many businesses you could start. And they're all what they are, right? They are what they are. Um, there, there's so many options for you to choose. The, finding the right option really is a combination of, it seems to me, combining your personality traits with the role of the owner in the business as well as the risks that you're comfortable with taking. Uh, there's a, there, there might be a couple other factors there, but the point is setting your business up right is something that everyone should work towards. And and that's that's one of the reasons why I'm always harping on the book Traction by Gino Wickman. Um, E-Myth is another book. They, they just help you set things up well, um, I think. And and if you want to create a business um, that's a little bit larger than, you know, say a business that's that's just you, then I would, I would definitely look into those books and, and start looking into how to set things up properly. It's sort of a lifelong journey, it seems. A lot of these owners, you know, they do it for, it takes them years, but um, it's really cool when it happens well. So next tip, this is the the penultimate tip, is um, working on the business. And this is really related to the last point I just made, um, talking about e-myth and traction, but working on the business as opposed to working in the business. Um, now, a lot of the owners that I look up to uh, you know, personally, as with my goals and what I want to do long term, they've done a really good job of working on their business. And that what the difference between those two items is, as far as I understand it, working on the business is like doing things that are investments, right? So say you create a system and procedure for how you answer the phone so that the next time you hire somebody for that role, you can just give them the sheet of paper, right? And so that reduced your cost of hiring that person uh, because you don't have to spend 30 minutes training them on how to use the phone. That's, an, that's a small, very small, isolated example, but it's an example of working on the business. Working in the business is just you answering the phone, teaching that person how to answer the phone, and, and they answer the phone, <laughs> right? I'm sure there's a better example I could think of, but just this concept of investing your time and delaying sort of delaying gratification in the business game. That's an example of, of that. That is what working on the business means. And the best owners I found, they do that so well. So the last tip, okay, last, last, last thing that I've been learning about and I want to share with you guys is the importance of learning and continuing to learn over time. So when I graduated college, I made a deal with myself and I just, it's been something I've stuck with ever since. I'm never going to stop learning. Every single year, I want to know some more stuff than last year. At a basic level, right? And at a really, really basic level, this is something I, I do, is I make sure that I'm learning one new thing every single day and I try to write it down every evening. Now, I don't always stick to it, uh, but I do my best to. And it just, I feel like progress for me is very, very important. And in small business, it's necessary. You need to be working towards something. I think just in life as humans of what we want to do. I won't get too preachy, but, uh, but uh, progressing forward and continuing to learn the, the most successful business owners I've seen, they're always advancing their knowledge. Um, I have a close friend who's a real estate investor at a high point, and he is always reading, um, 
the journal, the, the, the different journals that are out there, the news. He's keeping up to date on, on what's happening around him. Um, he's reading books, listening to audio programs, um, just personal development. And this is something that's a, a big, big culture for us at the office at Midstreet uh, is personal development and continuing to develop yourself. But as a person, if you're thinking about, okay, well, I just graduated school. Cool, I'm done learning. Check, check that box, right? That's not how I think about it at all. And the successful owners that I know, they're not thinking about it that way. They're constantly learning. They're really hungry for it. And if you don't have that hunger for it, I'm just not sure you can make it um, in the business game, to be, to be just quite frank with you. Uh, business owners are constantly developing themselves, searching for um, how to be better. It's something they're most of them seem just fascinated by and very, very curious with is just how do I maintain um, my, my sense of wanting to learn over time? Let me know what you guys guys are, are interested in learning about? I mean, do you, you have a small business, one of those things for you, or is it your career? That's one thing I've kind of been struggling to balance lately is personal development in terms of just myself, like leadership, general, you know, speaking skills, communication, et cetera, versus highly relevant career um, items. Like for me, that would be mergers and acquisitions or business brokerage. Um, I'm curious to hear like what you guys think about that and what, what you're doing to, to improve over time. Okay, so I've gone about, I don't know, what is this, like around 30 minutes. Thank you so much for listening. I hope uh, hope I've given you some tips without being too wordy. This is, after all, my first solo episode of the podcast, so don't derail it too much, but do give me your, your positive feedback um, or your negative feedback. <laughs> Just let me know. Um, I've enjoyed my time with you guys. I, I hope that this podcast is something that you're interested in listening to. If you have any particular guests that you're thinking about uh, that might be a good fit, whether they're a small business owner or a CPA who really knows small business, uh, wealth managers, um, perhaps attorneys who deal in small business, please send them my way. Or I, you know, I really appreciate an introduction to that person. I'm looking for folks who are, care about small business ownership, and by small business, I don't. I, I mean around one to you know, say fifty million dollars in revenue, Some, somewhere in that range. They could be less. They could be more. Um, you know, but but that's really what I'm targeting because that's what I see as the biggest opportunity right now. And I want to share this journey with you guys. I want you guys to understand, hey, this is an option for me if I want to go down this path. All right. So if you have any questions, if you have any comments, please let me know. Would love to talk with you. You can send me an email at Jonah at midstreet.com. J-O-N-A-H at Midstreet, M-I-D street.com. And thank you to the Midstreet guys for sponsoring this episode um, of Owner Operated. Okay, thanks so much. I'll see you next week. This episode of Owner Operated is sponsored by On Tops Roofing, a family-owned and operated business servicing the Triangle area of North Carolina since 1991. With a long-standing commitment to quality work and customer service, OnTops has grown to be recognized as one of the most respected roofing contractors in the Triangle. They offer roofing work, window replacements, siding replacements, and gutter installation services. Check them out at ontopsroofing.com. That's ontopsroofing.com. Thank you for listening to Owner Operated, conversations with small business millionaires. Be sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter at jonapalone.com, where I share the takeaways from each episode and share any resources or tips I find valuable. And if you like the episode, please leave a review on iTunes. It really does help the show grow and send it to a friend that you think would benefit from it. Thanks so much.